Hey friends, this is Holly Goodman, and you're listening to Isaac's Autism Wild podcast, where we focus on topics related to raising loved ones touched by autism and its impact on relationships and family. I'll be sharing some of my personal parenting experiences, raising my son Isaac, who passed away in 2007, as well as an entirely different parenting experience as I now raise my son Caleb, who never ceases to blow my mind with his beautiful autism perspectives. So grab a drink and join me as I interview this week's group of exceptional autism parents. Welcome to this episode of Isaac's Autism Wild Podcast. Today, I have Maria from the Isaac. Hey, friends, this is Holly Goodman, and you're listening to Isaac's Autism Wild Podcast, where we focus on topics related to raising loved ones touched by autism and its impact on relationships and family. I'll be sharing some of my personal parenting experiences, raising my son Isaac, who passed away in 2007, as well as an entirely different parenting experience as I now raise my son Caleb, who never ceases to blow my mind with his beautiful autism perspectives. So grab a drink and join me as I interview this week's group of exceptional autism parents foundation Hello. joining me she is the guest or co-partner i guess it's a partner in crime How partner like? in crime partner i like that yes. i think we're partners in crime we are finally getting back on to the horse when it comes to podcasting we took a little hiatus because we were having some technology obstacles i was trying to figure out a way to make this a little more plug and play cut down on our editing and we finally finally found all of the things that have aligned and here we go now that it's more of a plug and play, we can actually start meaningfully podcasting so that we can get more content out because we have a long list of stuff that we want to cover. We definitely haven't been short of material no. while we've been looking for the technology unicorn. It, yes, yes, so true. And we've been writing and adding to the list so that we would remember because, you know, all of a sudden squirrel and then you forget. And then it was like, what was that great idea we talked about about a podcast? And Lo and behold, we have been making notes. So there's going to be lots of great content coming to you in 2023. Mm -hmm. Today, some different changes have happened at the Isaac Foundation. And uh, we thought we needed to start doing some posting about some of these changes when it comes to DDA. Now, for those of you that don't know DDA or you've heard this mysterious acronym out there as the alphabet soup, when you're in the autism world, it seems like there's acronyms for everything. DDA stands for the Department of Developmental Administration. And if you have already gone through the process and you have applied for DDA and you have been awarded DDA, then you have a waiver. OK, um, some of us like I'm I'm by day. I am Holly at the Isaac Foundation, but by normal standards and night and every other moment in the day, I'm Caleb's mother. And Caleb has an autism diagnosis of ASD level one. And so Caleb is not eligible for DDA because in order to be eligible, you have to have a level of severity rating of level two or level three. But with that being said, there's lots of interesting things that have changed. And we didn't even know about some of these because COVID happened and we were so fixated on just like the world falling apart and our worlds being turned upside down. We were not made aware of some of these DDA changes that rolled out in 2020 that we think is worth talking about because some families, as we're finding, we have so many kids and families that are involved in the Isaac Foundation through our clubhouse, studios, Dungeons and Dragons, parent trainings. We are finding that when we ask families, hey, uh, is your child on a DDA waiver? They say, oh, nope, never applied because I don't see the reason or the need to have to go through all that. There's such a gray cloud above DDA yes. that is scaring people away. Mm -hmm. And we just want to encourage you that that gray cloud does not have to be there. Well, it doesn't have to be there. And I will say because of the changes that we're going to talk about a little bit here, mm -hmm. that there actually are some better reasons why 
Because I would be one to say, yeah, you're right. I mean, aside from getting Medicaid as like an, a secondary insurance, which is very helpful for your out-of-pocket extremely, expenses. Extremely helpful. Yes. I would have also been one of those people that said, well, I don't, you're right. There's not a lot extra that you get as a benefit of DDA. Um, so, but now that's changed. So we want to talk a little bit about what this is. And we're going to do several more podcast episodes on this topic because... Uh, I mean, we could talk now just on this subject for hours because yes. there's so much to kind of talk about and how we're going to utilize this here at the Isaac Foundation. But let's just start back up the bus um, and let's just talk about, first and foremost, what is a DDA waiver? DDA waiver, and I hate to say this because this is going to hurt your parent heart, and I'm just going to tell you that there's a lot about DDA that's going to hurt your parenting heart. You kind of uh, have to put your heart a shield on when yes. you interact with them, when you do your intakes, should you get that far. Yes. Just kind of come with an extra thick skin for the day. Yes. But the intent is good. Yes, the intent is good. So the whole reason that DDA exists is that when you have a child with a disability, you have the right to put your child in an institutional setting. And so what a waiver, a DDA waiver means that as the parent or caregiver or guardian, you're waiving your right to put your child in an institution for them to care for your child. And then there's a transition into the system once then they are um, 18. So essentially, the reason why they call them waivers is because you're waiving as a parent or caregiver or guardian, you are waiving your right to utilize institutionalized setting to care for your child with a disability. And that just sounds pretty icky, but uh, that's just terminology. So now, with that understanding, we all then have to wrap our head around eligibility. Assuming that your child has an autism diagnosis of ASD level two or three, then you can be eligible under the autism classification. Now, um, there are instances where you may have a loved one who has an ASD diagnosis of one and could mm -hmm. still be eligible. For instance, if your child also has a seizure disorder, that's mm -hmm. an automatic qualifying factor. So there are instances out there where a person with ASD level one can meet the criteria for autism. So what it was, the old system was that if you had an ASD diagnosis of one, but your um, IQ score was below, I think it was 78, 80, 79 or below, then you could be eligible for DDA for intellectual disability. Mm -hmm. um, but they have changed that qualifying factor um, so I think there still is a way for IQ, but then once you are eligible, then I think like how they, because they were doing reassessments periodically to see whether or not the IQ was increasing. So there is a little, there's a little asterisk under that intellectual disability segment. So I'm just being fully transparent that I have not yet, because this is a fairly recent change that I'm still acclimating myself Within to. the last 12 months, it has even just come into play. Yes. So they haven't released a lot of yes. details it's, about it. Yes. It's very yeah. unclear. So I do believe there's an eligibility factor for an intellectual disability. It's just the, how you have to do measurements and testing. So once you are determined to have ASD level two or three, or maybe if you're ASD level one and have a seizure disorder and you're eligible, then you have the home visit. Yes. So prepare yourself for the home visit. Okay. And you have done, see, we are ineligible. So Cooper, our, um, my stepson, who is going to be 20, is DDA eligible because he is ASD level three. And so the home visit happens once a year. Once and a I year. don't participate in it because it just, because I'm step parent. So I just let the parents handle it because it is a soul crusher for a parent, I yes. think. So you want to talk a little bit about what that yeah. looks so like? So in our home, Josiah, who is 16, has ASD level three. 
Every year, DDA comes in, does their annual review. It takes anywhere between three to four hours because they go over all of his abilities or lack thereof. Yeah, and you're highlighting all of the areas that are deficient. Yes, all of them. And so there between, is no point in sugarcoating it. You, you know, just need to be honest about it. We come it. with our full transparency hat on, as hard as some of it might be to admit that Josiah struggles in as many areas as he does. It only benefits him in the end. Yes. If we're truthful about where he's current, where he's currently at, yes. to get in theory the supports that we need to help him improve to have those be not so impactful. Yes. Those deficits. Yes. And so so impactful. And DDA requests records on the child mm-hmm. so they can do a re- they do a records review. They come in and do the interview. They come into the home and they're assessing the need. And all of this then comes together to determine basically what waiver. Your child is eligible for. There's different waivers and different opportunities, or if you will, doors that are then unlocked, depending on which waiver your child receives. So after you have you submit your application, they pull your records, they then come and do that wonderful, delightful home visit that can take three to four hours, yes. and you will not feel good afterwards. So be prepared with an alcoholic beverage or a good run afterwards because you're going to need to do some self care. Uh, you have then you get assigned eventually you'll get a little notification in the mail and it will tell you which waiver and there's five waivers yes so they're there the basic plus the sibs waiver the core waiver the community protection and then the individual and family services waivers yes and the basic is pretty um that tends to be for your moderate kiddos that need some support you get the medicaid um, core is a little bit more robust than when you get into the SIBs and then the community waiver. Th- that is, those are two waivers that are for, that we know are for when you have to start contemplating having to consider placement out of the home. Yes. Um, so the SIBs waiver is, enti- is actually to uh, amp up the opportunities so that you can get more respite, you can get more people in your home to try and keep them in the home. And then if that should fail, then the the waiver, the housing, the fam, the community and, and housing waiver is what then gets put into place. And that's where we have to be looking at um, community home situation. Yeah, I think they really try to go through the SIBS waiver and do as much as they can. Yes. And, but that's kind of like the last efforts. Correct. Unless the last resources that are available. Yes. Before you have to look at alternative home settings. Yes. Yes. And that's a totally different podcast because one of our future podcasts is that, you know, having to sit down and make that decision where you cannot keep all of the people in your home safe, because that's really where it comes down to is, you know, we have some families that are being physically assaulted by their loved one with a disability. And so we have to have those uncomfortable conversations. So just know that we're going to be doing that podcast at a later date. And that will be an evening one with lots of wine. Yes, because it's hard (laughs) to talk about. So what you might expect on, as people might be more familiar with DDA, you get the Medicaid. You might get some personal care hours that are provided through your waiver, meaning that you can hire someone, they can go through the training to come in and take care of your child and do care. So that's do your child's laundry, um, bathe them, um, stay with them, work on different activities in the home so that you get a little bit of some downtime. But if they're under 18, you have to hire someone to do those services. It cannot be mom or dad. Then all of a sudden, when they turn 18, this magical thing happens. All of a sudden, now parents who get to been, be paid, we get to be paid yes. to provide that because we are acknowledging that if you have a waiver and you've been trying to get a personal care provider, we hear you and we know it's just been terrible. We've been out for two and a half years without yes. a care provider. Yes. When we went for almost 40 hours a week. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it's, it, and that kind of all started during the 2020. Mm-hmm. Obviously, mm-hmm. there was risks about 
personal care providers coming in the home, behaviors changed. So then some kids became so aggressive. The personal care providers are like, we don't think we can do this anymore. So many factors, a rate of reimbursement for that is really not that enticing to get people to want to do that type of work. And so we, we know that this is a struggle. So, but with that being said, what are the other things that Oh, you also got a little bucket of money that you can yes. utilize. So let's talk about that because you guys have, we have a little bit of this bucket of money that we can use. Adaptive technology Adaptive is what we used it for. So yes. we were able to get a referral from Josiah's um, OT actually from school mm. and his doctor. We just needed a note, but they covered for a trike. A therapeutic bike we were able to get a covered. A three-wheel, yeah. A three-wheel therapeutic mm-hmm. bike for a teenage, so teenage-sized. We were able to get his iPad and his communication app yep. through that waiver. Yes. We've been able to replace some of our um, home structures due to his uh, incidences directly related to his disability. Yes. We've been able to replace window screens mm-hmm. and other things they can in our be nature. a little destructive. A little destructive. Yeah, so some of our families use it because the the kids break things and they're very, very hard on a home. And so utilizing some of these funds. However, the one challenge about this is that you have to then use a provider that is contracted to do the yes. work through DDA. We is, were also able to use, because we would always have extra funds, we were actually able to use that and like exchange them for respite hours. Mm. So we would get extra respite hours when we had a provider to cover oh, that. Oh, interesting. Yep. I was not aware yep. that people were able to do that. <coughs> Well, so those are some of the things that you can expect to get. And depending on then which level of waiver you have, you would have more dollars or more hours. And so that's basically really the the core structure of how the waiver system works is depending on level severity. Then there's just different funding dollar amount associated with it and personal care hours associated. There's like this magical formula that you plug in your severity levels on your assessment and equals how much dollar amounts and caregiver hours and it's a magical formula yes and they send you a little piece of paper saying this is what you get like your number of hours and then again every year you get to have that wonderful three to four Mm -hmm. hour meeting and then the whole process starts over again and you might get less you end up might be more because if there is a significant change in terms of the child's abilities and behaviors and ability to access community and whatnot and we've seen the biggest growth was when a, a skill that wasn't age appropriate then becomes age appropriate. So he would gain more hours because of a skill where he hasn't grown in, but it wasn't necessarily impactful when he was 10. But yes. now that he's 14, he should have the ability to do that. Yes. And without that ability, we had an increase of hours. But sometimes they don't no longer judge other things that kind of fall off. So yes. it really just varies. That is so true. The assessment yes. levels vary each year yes, depending on age. We're still not toileting independently with Cooper and so at a certain age that becomes like that's a problem so all of a sudden then that's your severity may change but then also there's they're not as concerned about him being able to do other things that are age appropriate so you're right there's kind of some oddities Mm -hmm. in the whole system and it just is kind of and as they get older they um, throw in the mindset of money and the concept of that and shopping and all of that so we actually got a quite a bit more hours for that aspect because he doesn't have the, the schema. he can't go shopping can't. to go mm-hmm. figure out, like, I'm going to the store and I have to, you know, first Budget make... that and... Well, I first have to make a shopping list and yes. it can't just be all chicken eggies. Well, no. It's kind I of mean, they kind of would want to, but... Well, throw a pizza in there. Yeah. We'll call it compromise. Yeah. Can you throw a cheese, a dairy product? You know, <laughs> I guess there's cheese on the pizza. Does that just count? Just throw an extra cheese stick on it. There you go. You'll True. be fine. True. Good point. <laughs> A big change happened in 2020, and we weren't made aware of it until just recently, is is that they were starting to realize that there are big deficits with Mm -hmm. our communities, as there is just in the developmentally 
disabled population when you're working with people, uh, whether kids or adults with developmental and intellectual disabilities, is that there's bigger gaps when it comes to executive function and just what you alluded to right there, just like shopping, community access and engagement. Mm -hmm. There's elements of living a meaningful life that you there's skills that have to be taught in order to be able to even access the community in a meaningful way. And without supports in place to teach what those skills are, there's big gaps. And I think they realized that when they were looking at the rehabilitation centers, that they were offering these programs and their adults were being successful. But then it dawned on them that there isn't a system in place for the older teens, young adults that are struggling with this executive function rehabilitation. Yes. There was like a light bulb moment where someone finally said, huh. We're spending all this time and we're putting funding behind adult services like, you know, specialized habilitation services so that they can learn these skills. Why in the world are we not actually rolling this out with the younger kids in these waiver programs for kids that are under the age of 18? Yes. Ding, ding, ding. And then all of a sudden, ding, the light bulb went on somewhere in this ginormous DSHS system that made them think, huh. We need to be adding components within these waivers so that we can get these young people to be able to access these services before they launch out of high school and don't have the and skills. And if they're still at home, they have more supports in place to help execute these plans. Absolutely. Versus when they're an adult and kind of flailing around on their own. Yes. Oh, yes. And and that's a, a real reality. The clubhouse has become wildly successful. Yes. Maria, you are a huge factor to the success mm-hmm. of it. It's a great program. It's for kids to come in after school, and we also have um, Saturdays for all ages, all abilities. Our after-school kids are sixth grade through seniors through 12th that are more highly capable, that really need an opportunity, a safe place where they can go and build relationships. Mm-hmm. And and usually, a lot of times, it's interest-based related. They all have a natural interest in X, Y, or Z, and so then they start realizing they all have the same interests, and then relationships start to bloom and it's been wonderful to watch that after school and then our Saturday program has been all ages all abilities it has been yes but that's about to be vamped yes and you have decided now that you know not all kids can come after school because school in of itself is exhausting to get through and emotionally regulate yes uh, and do all the things all day long that by the time the end of school comes it's just maybe not a good idea for them to come after school because they are spent and they need some time to regroup at home Some of them have therapy interventions that they do after school. Some of them have activities, which is fantastic. So you are adding one Saturday a month. We are. A clubhouse session. It's going to be designed exactly the same, 6th through 12th grade-ish. Yes. Um, Two hours once a month on a Saturday in the evening. Yes. So it can feel like a cool teen thing to be. Something to do on a Saturday night. Yeah. 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 No, I think that's super cool. But Um, no therapies, no social groups, no social. Don't teach skills. Yeah, we're not here to teach skills. We're we're here to guide the skills. We're not here to teach the skills. And sometimes we just have to help them navigate uncomfortable situations and answer questions because things don't always go as we expect. And the kids have questions. and But that's where our relationship connections come in first. Like we focus that so they can trust us to ask those vulnerable questions and they trust us to give them good guidance as situations occur. Yeah. So we really front load the connection piece. Absolutely. And we moved into a bigger building that's uh, 606 West Sharp. We're right by the Spokane Arena. And with that bigger building came a more hefty price tag in order to keep us in this building. And so we have had to start charging for some of our programs, but we do offer scholarships. Um, We also have these cool punch cards that you can use, too, for drop-in sessions. But 
With that being said, we had to start charging families because the building is magnificent. We have to figure out a way to bridge the funding gap. And this was where it was funny that the initial conversation came with DDA because they were like, hey, cool clubhouse concept. Mm -hmm. Hey, we love these studios, um, which we didn't even talk about with the studios. You want to explain what the studios are? So studios are... um Monthly, if not multiple times a month, random events that we host that are open to all members of the family. It could be the kiddo impacted with autism and the dad, could be mom and daughter, could be aunt and grandma, any any community member Siblings, as well. Cousins, we've cousins. had cousins come. Yeah, oh, even neighbors. We've had we've neighbors had come. Along. Business owners, yes, just par- community partners show up. Yeah, and it's more so like reversed inclusion is what I like to call it. We're inviting people into our space where our kiddos and our families are completely comfortable. Everything is accommodating to their needs, and we get to invite the community to join us in yes. specialized plans. Yes, we've had paint night. Oh gosh, you build make night. candles. We make candles. Wreaths. Yep. Um, I did Fuzzy Friends where I crocheted a bunch of um, body parts and they built um, stuffed animals. Um, We've had board game night. We've had fast food bingo. We've had all sorts of different things. And there really is no limit to what we can provide for a studio event. Yes. And so there's lots of fun ones. I know you're still working on your calendar, so I'm not going to have you spill the beans so that. Yes. um, But you're working for your calendar between now and the end of the school year. Um, but funny thing is D-Day says, oh, hey, we love what you guys yeah. are doing with this clubhouse, this discovery, the studio thing. Guess what? It falls within some of our waiver contracts. And we were like, wait, what? What? What is this? Right? Right. We. I never occurred to me that yes. it would be a waiver. Yes. Eligible so program. that was when we actually didn't even realize, I hate to say it, but even here at the Isaac Foundation, we don't know all the things. No. We really have to uh, utilize our community partners to educate us about changes and new things that are being added through DDA. And so DDA, you met with DDA and you found out there's actually five areas where we are already doing existing programming. It falls within the line of what's offered through some of these services that they then implemented in 2020. So there's now these new little doors the DDA has these little funding opportunities for um, these these areas, and we're already doing it. They're already programs that we already have in place. We just get to help you utilize your waiver a little bit more. Yes. By so yes, having these programs available. And it's so funny because we monitor. We're in a lot of these special needs parent groups on Facebook and whatnot, and we would see parents post periodically. I have a DDA waiver, and I've got this, but I don't know what to do with it. Yes. Anybody know a contractor that does this, that, or the other? And, you know, a lot of parents will then go dot, dot, dot following because like all the parents want to know like how to utilize some of these opportunities. But and seeing you know. the potential behind the waivers other than the respite. Yes. I think uh, myself included, we weren't aware of all what was entailed in the waiver past the respite. We just knew we needed a personal care provider. We knew we needed a respite. But we were not very well informed as to what else was included in that. That's just so it. many missed opportunities. And again, and this is DDA if you're listening. We, we love you, but you could be doing a better job at educating us and explaining to us what some of these funding opportunities mm-hmm. are to help. But with that give being said, skills. we are going to offer that opportunity oh, yes. at the clubhouse. Because DDA is not very good about telling you mm-hmm. what some of these things are, we decided that we were going to start telling everybody <laughs> what these were because if we didn't know about them so that we can utilize them within our kids' waivers and know what to ask for, if we don't know, then chances are most of our parents don't know either. So we decided. Two things. One, we're going to podcast about it. Yes. I'm explaining what we're doing, how we're doing it. And we're also going to be providing some parent education opportunities. Clubhouse clinics. Clubhouse clinics is what we're calling. Oh, I love that. Clubhouse clinics. So while the kids are after school or maybe even on a Saturday if they're here enjoying 
our space and accessing some of our kid programs, you're going to have then a clubhouse clinic for the parents to be in our conference room with some refreshments and they'll have access to you and you're going to just start walking them through the process. And like, 45 minutes, hour max, nothing too terribly long, yes. but just going over the information that you might not be aware is available yes. because we're in the trenches. We don't often have the capacity to do the research ourselves. But, you know but what? I'll do that for you, and all you have to do is come and listen. See, and that's, I think, to me, I just got goosebumps because I am so tired. And if I have to research mm-hmm. and dig deep, go in the deep dive to try and find the information, um, it does require a little bit of you have to advocate. You have to go yes. to your DDA case manager and say, hey, uh, I know that this is available through my waiver, and this is what I want. And in these clubhouse clinics for parents, you're going to be talking about, you know, because we have to do more reports. We have to come up with smart goals because Mm -hmm. we're, you know, because with all things, we got to track the progress and then we have progress reports. And so actually it's really good for parents too, because we have these different skills that we want them to have. Um, and we're going to be able to track it and know how close they're getting to meeting the goals and then we can add new goals. So there's lots of cool opportunities. So our clubhouse has been closed because with this, these new DDA contracts that we have available, um, and just wanting, I know you wanted to um, have some time to do some lesson planning and, and you- just be super intentional and be purposeful about what we're offering yes. and making it worthwhile everybody's time because we respect that time is a very valuable resource and yes. we just want to make sure that we're helping you utilize it the best that we can. Yes. Now, if you are listening and you're thinking, well, dadgum, uh, my kiddo's an ASD level one kid. Guess what? Like, hi, we're on the same boat because like uh, Caleb and, and Holly at the Isaac Foundation are in your boat with you. And believe it when I tell you that we recognize that there is a large percentage of young people that are highly capable ASD level one. And they need help with peer mentoring. They Parents need some peer mentoring. Yes. We need specialized habilitation so that. You know, Caleb right now, actually, as we're talking, Caleb is through school uh, at North Bowl bowling. And the most adorable thing, we've been talking about Moochie Friends because we have to teach what Moochie Friends are. That's a reality and an important topic. Yes. And, you know, that's the thing is he wants friends. And oftentimes for, you know, kids like Caleb, the best way to get friends is to start being the really nice and generous kid that's offering the candy and the fun activities and the dog and pony show and pretty soon your kids getting taken advantage of and i get it because you know it's tempting because that is one way of building some friendships but when it crosses the line and you have just nothing but a moochie friend Mm -hmm. that is just not it doesn't sit well for me but how do we have these conversations? So we have, we've been working on Caleb about, you know, oh, I love it that you have all these friends. Um, and I love it that you're stopping at the Quick Mart and getting them sodas and a candy bar here and there. But ha- have your friends the reciprocated, meaning have yes. they given you anything back in return? And what does it mean to be a reciprocal friend? You know, like I'll buy sometimes, you buy sometimes. And when we have a friend that just is wanting, wanting, wanting and never offers anything to you in exchange reciprocally, and we have to start thinking, hmm, is this what we call a moochie friend? Yes. So anyway, yes. he's at Northville today. And, um, you know, he actually has now been putting up boundaries. We call those boundaries with this. his friends because he said, you know, he was so excited. He says, Mom, I had to have a conversation with one of my moochie friends because I've been buying him a lot of pop and a lot of candy bars. And he has never offered to do that for me. 
And then last week, one of his friends gave him a $10 Taco Bell card. Because that friend honestly probably didn't, didn't even know. recognize what he was. Yeah, exactly. Didn't even recognize it. Didn't recognize it. As a pattern of history. Yep. Yes. Yep. Yep. Or the expectation yes. that it's nice. If yep. you if you like that someone is giving you a treat every now and again, it's nice. And it makes that person feel good when you reciprocate, right? Well, and we recognize sometimes you can't see past your own nose when you're 14. Thank you. We get it. Thank you, we right? We get it. Yep. So anyway, we've had the conversation about Moochie friends. But anyway, so today he's over at North Bowl for a school outing and um, it was adorable because I had said Caleb if you're at North Bowl you have your debit card I checked your balance you have a little bit of money there just go ahead and grab yourself something to eat and he calls and he says mom do you think uh, it would be okay if I bought a pizza and shared it with my friends and I'm just like you know today is the day buddy I think that's a great idea you know you guys are bowling special occasion I will reimburse you for the pizza if you want to order it for your friends. But those are kind of some of those skills that we're working on. Riding the public bus system. Yes. We have a kiddo who frequents the clubhouse and he's learning, but he comes in with a lot of questions. A lot of what if questions. How do I handle this situation? Somebody wants to talk to me and I don't really feel comfortable talking to them. Pull out your phone, buddy. Nobody's going to talk to you. You're on the phone. We're giving like real life strategies about here's what I do. I pretend that I'm talking on the phone. It was wonderful. And he's like, that's a great idea. It's like they don't know. You just hold it up to your ear and don't make eye contact. And that is a very obvious clue to someone that you're busy and yes. that you're not going to have that conversation. But here's the thing is, is that these young people, again, they're not DDA eligible. They're not. So not we on paper. Not on paper. No. Nope. So we don't have the opportunity of using these waiver funds for them. But make sure that you know that we have not forgotten you and we have a plan so that a lot of our kids that are not DDA eligible that then don't have waiver funds that will cover some of these services, we have a plan. It's just going to take a little while while we roll it out and get the people in place to start sponsoring because we have to provide scholarships. Um, we can't just do it on an adjustable rate because that won't work because it messes up our DDA contract. But just know that we are giving a lot of thought and intentional planning about how to make this accessible for all. So don't feel like if you're not DDA eligible that you're going to be left out in the cold because no, it's not you will happen. be included with this uh, specialized habilitation they're going to be about six week clinics yes. that each skill is going to be broken down literally step by step how to make a doctor's appointment where do you find your insurance number how do you find your doctor how do you know that day is going to work for you how do you get to the doctor's appointment personal hygiene personal hygiene um, also about personal safety like yes oh, situational awareness personal safety I get goosebumps when we talk about all the little clinics that you're going to be offering. And it's going to take time. You miss it because it's just not your season. You're not right there. Don't worry because we're going to be doing it again. Um, But this is going to be a slow process. This is something where we want to be intentional when you roll it out because we want to do it well. But we also know that we're going to have to tweak it along the way. So we need people to be patient as we But just kind of know it's not a long commitment either. If you want to learn just one skill, it's a six-week Cool. maximum commitment yeah some skill building might not even take that long but that's true but we're gonna be doing a lot of stuff but we see the need behind it for all kiddos to learn these independent executive function life skills to help them be better members of their community more included and have more self-confidence and confidence that's yes. really the element there is that i'm seeing more and more caleb have this confidence as he's having a conversation with the moochie friends about moochie behavior mm-hmm. what we learned is this was an intentional mooching this was just that oh i didn't know just that. didn't know yeah and so that's the thing is that it really builds that self-confidence for being able to advocate for themselves and ask better questions and having processes for how to get information so i think it's gonna be very cool so that's the specialized habilitation in it kind yes. of a nutshell, nutshell. Yeah. yeah yeah 
And there's other ones. We'll talk about those in more depth. We'll probably do another one on specialized habilitation because as you start rolling out the different clinics, you might want to talk about kind of your process and I don't know where this is going to take us. We have a lot of things. Right. Um, I didn't want to overwhelm parents with too much information. So I was thinking we could just wrap up and then we can talk about the other waivers in a separate podcast. Yeah, um, I think that's great. That just way, know that we have five waivers. Yes. So that was just the one. Specialized yep. habilitation was the one that we were just talking about. Contracts. Contracts. Waivers. Excuse yes. me. Yes. Contracts. The specialized habilitation contracts. Yes. So in our next podcast, we'll talk about the other contracts. Contracts. That we have available that we can do through the clubhouse and what that might look like. And Mm -hmm. we'll just kind of keep podcasting on the topic, among other things, as we get podcasting. And I would just encourage you to really, if you don't currently have DDA, look into it. It's a scary system, but we are be here to help you navigate it. And that's it for now. If you want to be notified of our next podcast release, be sure to hit subscribe and just remember we're all in this together. So find your tribe and hold them tight.